Sue Murray's Money with Brett Steen and Blake Wendt from Jacaranda Financial Planning, providing trusted and understandable super and investment advice. They are here, live in the studio, Brett and Blake from Jacaranda Financial. Afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon, Murray. G'day, Murray. Boys, very good afternoon. Now, I was thinking of you this week um, because, you know, I've been reading that uh, there's a lot of fear in the United States about the possibility of a recession next year. Last month, the figures I found, 63% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Even high-income earners are under pressure. Even people earning six figures and above, half of those reported living paycheck to paycheck. And that's being reflected, too, in retail sales. Well down in November, uh, Christmas sales are down, and so, too, manufacturing output in the United States. It's pretty gloomy as we head into Christmas, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are about the possibility of a recession in the United States and you know, more broadly next year. Look, the market is saying exactly that, that the expectation is both for the US and Europe to go into recession um, you know, early in the year, so in other words, the first six months of the year. Yeah. Australia is likely to escape that just because we're in such a strong financial position as we came out relative to everyone else as we came out of the COVID period. Is that because of commodities, Brett? Uh, commodities. We actually had uh, very good government through that period. I know there's a lot of noise around that, but we had a lot of good policy. We yep. seem to, you know, go forward in a reasonable way. So, but absolutely, recession um, is expected. Higher interest rates are impacting people. That's sure. what happens when you're trying to get inflation under control. All right, so that's a, a fairly uh, grim uh, uh, forecast. It, it, what is, about- it is grim, but it, but there's certain companies that perform well. People, you know, there are companies that look for opportunities. Uh, companies who have good balance sheets without a large amount of debt on it look for opportunities. So if you've got a decent superannuation manager or specialist managers in your pie, they'll look for opportunities in any economic environment. Okay. Uh, if you want to have a chat to the boys this afternoon, uh, they're going to be here for the next 25 minutes. So one three one eight seven three is the number, one three one eight seven three. Anything at all to do with retirement and and uh, and superannuation, they're, they're happy to uh, to have a chat to you. We've been talking about this, I suppose, over the last few weeks, and it's probably something you wanted to try and raise again today. Um, and a question that's been asked of you, I think, a bit lately is that superannuation is not normally part of your estate. It is treated entirely separately, isn't it, and differently. Would that would it be fair to say that? Yeah, so often we, uh, and we see many clients who believe that their superannuation will get passed directly into their, their estate. Uh, so the will will dictate where or who should receive um, uh, ultimately the superannuation monies. And if you've nominated someone directly on your superannuation and you've said, okay, I want the kids to get something or I want my, my spouse or, uh, or a relative to get some money via super, um, then that effectively bypasses the estate. And so uh, you may need to be checking in on your superannuation fund and just making sure that who you've got nominated uh, is as per your wishes, uh, making sure that um, uh, you know, you're not... Uh, you know, maybe you've gone through a separation and you've got the ex-wife on uh, on your superannuation and maybe you don't want that person to, oh, to get, your, get your money. <laughs> so just be mindful of this because we, we often see people forgetting uh, that um, superannuation is treated separately to the estate. Mm-hmm. You can direct the monies into the will or into the estate, but you have to nominate that. It's quite, so, quite interesting so, here, just Murray, just and before you... The question is that we often see that there's no money left in the estate because people have a house and the house has been owned jointly. Yeah. That goes automatically 
to the other person. Yeah. The superannuation has been left to an individual. That's gone out, not within the will. And then people say, well, surely there was assets inside the will to be left to me. There's nothing there. But see, I know people um, that, uh, that were in their 30s and we were talking about their superannuation and the person that they've left their superannuation to is their mother. Mm. Because when they started their superannuation account, when they started working full time, and if the you know family's divorced, mm. mum's there, they put their mum down because they've got no one else to put down. I look very, very common at Actually, oh, really? It's, it's really common. Oh, wow. And Jeez. often it's very common that people have been happily married for many, many years. And mum's still on the super. Mum is still on the superannuation <laughs> for mum and dad. And it's a very common thing. We're seeing people sometimes, you know, in their 55, 60s coming along to get financial advice oh, for the man, first time. And they've still got mum and dad. They've got three adult children, mm. a wife or husband. And uh, mum and dad, or mum is often the person, who's still on the superannuation oh, account. So, look, do look at this. This yep. is really important stuff. It goes around the will unless you have left your super to the will, which is called your personal legal representative. So be carefully. Good financial planning will sort this out, but often the wrong people get the money. Okay, all right. It's so important to have these conversations too. Recently, I heard of... Uh, of uh, a, a, a woman with, that we know, uh, she's uh, the middle of seven adult children, and recently, mum passed away in her late nineties. Now, obviously, you know, the estate won't be large by any means, but one of those adult children uh, looked after mum uh, after dad died, and at that point of her life, mum bought a home with money that she'd inherited from her husband. Right, and that daughter looked after mum for five years. Uh, now she moved to another home with another child, but that woman, uh, the child who had looked after her in the first place, very had the family home. She has the fam- she has the home that mum bought her fifteen years ago. Uh, so, so the other six children don't have any um, recourse to that to that property. I'm wondering how common that is, where one child perhaps looks after one of the parents who's left. They buy a home to live in, and the children also live there. The child lives there, but the other kids don't get a sniff. Yeah, look, it's much more common than you think in terms of the confusion of a party helping parents. I thought I was confused. And Yes, you were confused indeed. <laughs> Man, but, I was uh, wondering yeah, where absolutely. it was going to end. But, anyway. but it is really important because often, there is, often there's someone terrific who lives closer possibly. There's someone yeah. who's got time available, and these are things that need to be talked through. By the, family, have the by the family members, you have to have the conversation. Often, yeah. a financial advisor will force that conversation. Um, you know, I had one yesterday with a client, and it was exactly as the person was saying, "Oh, I've been speaking to one of my children, and they've sort of suggested maybe that uh, the person who should be the executor." Okay, so here's who should be the executor on the will. Right. Now, there's multiple children. And someone says, well, I'm more capable and the other one's not so good and whatever, so I can do that job for them in probably good faith saying, I'll look after it. Now, the implications of that can be quite substantial because other children then say, hang on, um, didn't you trust me? Um, They've made a decision on behalf of the estate that wouldn't have been the decision I would have made. So often be very careful about which children or do you actually make sure both children or three children are the executives. A solicitor or I suppose a financial planner will highlight this issue first. Then a solicitor will say, okay, this is the traps that you need to actually 
avoid yeah. and how do you actually structure that appropriately? I've, I've seen I've seen brothers and sisters and families absolutely yeah. fall apart yeah. after the mother or the father's passed away absolutely. because of yeah. what's in the will. Yeah, absolutely. Like and, just rip it apart. And, and often it's, it. the parents have tried to do the right thing. Sure. Surprisingly, you know they have or they've tried to do the right thing, and surprisingly, what they've tried to do has come unstuck horribly mm. because sometimes they left a particular asset to one party and a different asset to another party and they've had different capital gains tax implications and suddenly it's blown apart. But sure. everything comes back to communication, making sure you open it up and um, you know discuss this you know with your children and say this is why I'm leaving certain assets or this is my thinking. So just open it up, make sure that there's nothing uh, or no surprises to, to come out in the will. Just make sure it's every, everything's clear. One three one eight seven three is our telephone number. Brett and Blake with us this afternoon, helping you plan for your retirement. Just underline that point, for goodness sake. It's too late when someone's died and the will is there. And as Muzz says, all of a sudden, everyone's at each other's throats. It's, it's just terrible. At the end of mum or dad's life, the children are left. Do you really want to have a blue over what's left? It's just, it, it, to me, it's just so sad. It's so unnecessary. You don't have to do it. Have the conversation. Yeah. Speaking of that, 131873 is the number. Phoebe has called through. Hello, Phoebe. Hello. Hi. Hi. Good afternoon, Phoebe. What's your yeah. query, my dear? Yeah, well, I actually, uh, quite a while, quite a while back, I did have set up my a testamentary trust. And I put on the death of me, I actually have appointed my two children um, to, to actually... Uh, activate the trust mm-hmm. right. so that all my property will be in there. Is there any uh, a regulation change these days? Do they have to pay a death duty or anything like that on uh, if I have this trust and act as I die? Okay, so for people to understand, yes, that's a good question. For people to understand, a testamentary trust is basically sitting inside your will that can be started on the date of you deceasing. So in other words, it's not a trust, it's like a, a family trust that people have sort of sitting outside. It only gets created if the executors at that time want to actually get that going. And so therefore, the assets that form part of your estate can indeed be part of that testamentary trust. Now, sometimes you have these clauses in in there. They don't necessarily have to be put into play, but sometimes you'll have that provision in your will, it may be appropriate when there's a child who can no longer look after themselves. And so you want a trust effectively to sit over the top of that. Okay. So a whole number of reasons to have them. And there's no limit to how much you can actually have in that testamentary trust. Okay, Phoebe, so that's important to understand. But there will be very strict rules around how those trust monies can be applied to the ultimate beneficiaries of that testamentary trust. Okay, beautiful. Phoebe. Again, advice, advice, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 131873 is the number. Jude has called through. Hello, Jude. Yeah, hi, how are you? Pretty good, Jude. Thank you, sir. Uh, tell us about your query. Yeah, look, I've got it, like, my friends there, like, I've been friends with them for, like, like for, like, you know, 30 years, and, and basically there's, like, five siblings there. Mum and Dad have died, but it hasn't left a name in anyone's, and them house in anyone's name. So therefore, there is one sibling there who's never left their house because he has a bad, like a bad condition, like it's a depression. So he's been there since the 80s. So and and 
anyway. So they all say, well, I've looked after him, so I've tipped him more money, I've paid more bills. But they all live in other areas, and no one's living in that house, only that, that guy, um, that the um, fifth one, mm-hmm. who has a problem. So they're now... They don't even talk to each other no more at all. It's so sad. They're all my best, they're all my best friends, and now no one's talking to anybody. And and, this, and, yeah. and the house is just sitting there. So they're thinking, does the guy die in the house, and then they can sell it all? You yeah, know it's, what I mean? It's, an, it's, a, it's a case of getting legal advice and making sure you know we go through the process here. But it, um, it's tough. It's highlighting the fact that um, you need to have your will in place. You need to be specific with your, your intentions around the will, and you need to communicate this to, to the kids. It's, um, uh, it's, a good, uh, it's a good case study there, Jude. There you go, 131873. Hope that helps, Jude. And I wonder how common that is as well, gentlemen. 131873. Brett and Blake are with us this afternoon. It's a free consult to help you set up your super at the back end of your life. Financially, give us a buzz. 131873 if you have a query. Cheers. This is Two Mussies. Yes, indeed. What? The Two Mussies. I know you're eating something. I don't know what it was. Probably Just a chocolate biscuit. Just talk and then he no, talks. Did. I did. No, I didn't. I did. What are you eating? Never mind. <laughs> One three one eight seven three is our telephone number. Brett Steen Blake went uh, with us this afternoon. Jack around the financial <laughs> planning. Uh, look, a query uh, from Jim, uh, and it sounds a bit basic, but I'm sure it's he's not the lone ranger asking this. How does one find a good a good manager, a good super manager or fund manager, gentlemen? Yes, look, it's a case of. Don't think a superannuation fund has to be just one party looking mm. after all the components. So there are different superstructures that exist out there. There are indeed superannuation funds where one superannuation provider is giving all the investment recommendations in terms of Australian equities, international equities, Australian property. There are other structures, um, often with advisor assistants, who are saying, okay, who's the best at a particular area of the superannuation pie or your investment pie and make changes as you go along which are more appropriate. In other words, no one typically is the best at everything. Okay. And so that's how you sort of do it. So get advice around it. Yes, someone will be the top of the pops this year. Someone will be the top of the pops next year. But the reality is no one is over the long term best at everything. So what you try to do is get the specialists changed over time who are – uh, you know, who are good at those areas. Yeah, too right. Now, um, and Muzz has alluded to this a couple of times, and you just said the same thing about, you know, getting as much knowledge as you possibly can. Um, you can do that at one of your seminars. When have you got the next one coming up? Yeah, look, two ones in January, Murray. Um, it is so important. The start of the year is a great time to actually uh, get your things sorted out. There's no charge for these. You sit in a room with quite a few other people just learning information, tips and traps, all the things we talk about over the years here on the radio. So Sydney, Tuesday night, the 17th of January. Brisbane, Tuesday night, the 24th of January. Both are city-based. Sydney's is the Fullerton Hotel. We've changed the location there. So the Fullerton Hotel in Martin Place. Brisbane's is at the Sofitel in Turbot Street in the city of Brisbane. Two ways to book in for those information evenings. As I said, there's no charge. Sit in the room with quite a few other people just learning all these things about account-based pensions, transitions, setting yourself up for retirement, making your money work harder. So two ways to do that. One's the website jacarandafp.com.au the FP stands for financial planning so jacarandafp.com.au or the main jacaranda financial planning switchboard number 1-800-40-26-10 excellent stuff 1-800-40-26-10 now uh, let's go to uh, thank you very much indeed let's go to Robert who's called through from Kings Langley hello Robert 
Yeah, good afternoon to you. How can we help? Well, I've had $13,600 of my money transferred by Colonial First State to the tax office, and they transferred that money on the 29th of September. And I've rung the tax office on multiple occasions, and I can't get that, find them to find that money and transfer it to me. So on the 29th of September, they've got $13,000 know, transferred from Colonial First State, and, and I want to know how I'm going to get that money from them. Yes. the uh, Robert, do you have another superannuation fund at all? No, I'm over fund? 75. I don't have a superannuation yeah. fund. I have a, uh, you know, a, an income that I get from, from, from my money, but mm. not, not a superannuation fund. A rich, what are they called? Uh, pension. Yeah, yeah p- an account-based pension, perhaps, Robert? You've that's got correct. That's, that's, that's correct. Yeah. That's why I have an account-based okay. pension. I'd still press the ATO to find out, uh, you know, what, what's happened here because the super funds have to report back to the ATO to find or, or to keep record of uh, what's going on with your superannuation monies. Um, equally, getting on the phone with Colonial First State and just finding out, you know, what was the cause of transferring, that, they'd have some pretty good records as to why they've uh, paid money to the ATO. Um, it doesn't seem like it's due to inactivity because your account balance uh, isn't isn't below a, uh, the $6,000 threshold. So I'd just get on the phone with the CFS um, and equally the ATO and just try, I know it's painful, but just try to um, uh, get get to the bottom of this. If you're a computer user, you can go to the MyGov site. Yep. That will show it there. And then there is a, an option there to actually, because of your age, etc., you're over, um, you know, suitable to be able to access those monies, no problem at all. And that will allow you to then withdraw those monies into your bank accounts. That's the MyGov site. If you do have that, otherwise contact the ATO. Okay, beautiful. Uh, Annette's called through, and I, I think she's got a question that probably everybody asks themselves. Hello, Annette. Oh, hi there. How are you? Pretty good, thank you. Annette, what's your query? Um, regarding the super... We've got about 340 between us, my husband and I, in super. And I'm just wondering what to actually do with it. I've got other money in the bank, but I just wanted to know what would be a good thing to do with it. Well, look, it's inside super, so that's a very effective way to fund some of your retirement living costs. It can stay there for the rest of your life. If you have money outside and you're less than 75, you may want to add to that superannuation structure. You then can create what's called an account-based pension in it. And that account-based pension will make those super monies have no tax for the rest of your life, no tax on earnings no capital gains tax. So I'd get some advice around it. Um, you are less than 75. You sound a young, younger person. So um, if that is the case, and there's lots of options that exist for you, I'd be certainly getting some advice around that, Annette. Okay. Well, I'll be getting advice from you guys. I'm 69. <laughs> Perfect. So, Perfect. Um, but thank you for your time. No, that's, that's a and pleasure. I will give you a call and no. make an arrangement. It's a very important age. If you're up to 75, there are some really good things you can do. You can add substantial monies now to superannuation. You don't need to meet the work test, and so that's a great opportunity. Beautiful. All right, Annette, thank you so much for the call. Um, guys, good to see you. Are we going to see you next week? Indeed Christmas you are. Yeah, we'll be here. We'll be here, of course. We'll be here. <laughs> we'll be here, eating pudding and turkey and all that stuff. Fantastic. Good to see him. We'll catch up soon. Uh, Brett and Blake from Jacaranda Financial in the studio with us, and they'll be back same time next week.